Organissima New York. Your exotic skin, hair, and beauty source, and your one-stop shop for all your natural and organic skin and hair care. Featuring authentic organic Moroccan oil and prickly pear seed oil and much more. Bringing you only the best, straight from the source and proudly produced in the USA. So what are you waiting for? Shop today at www.arganissima.com. Arganissima, New York. Your beauty is our duty. Arganissima, New York. to the iHead channel, Fit and Fab channel, and iHealth Radio with Hurricane Age, a new day, a new show, a new guest, a new topic. And uh, today, uh, again, as I've been around the world in the last couple of weeks. So actually, today I am uh, with, a go with, with, with a guest, literally from Mexico. And I'm, is it Mexico City? No, I'm in the yeah. south of Mexico. Way south. Okay. <laughs> so I am definitely, you know, having a show right now in Mexico from Mexico. And, uh, you know, the, the, the fun part about this is that, you know, our guest today uh, is originally from Alberta. <laughs> so, so from the north to the south. And so it makes our shows always interesting having different um, guests from all over the world for different experiences, different uh, input and opinion. And it's always good. Of course, today is a, uh, a sequence of the fit and the fab and uh, we're going to talk about wellness and the abundance of wellness and detoxification and just women health in general and just getting really engaged with with our guest today and our guest is megan swan and uh, she does different programs and, and coaching you know in terms of health and mindset and things like that so so megan welcome to the show all the way from mexico and, and i mean i want to ask that we're in mexico specifically i think way south i have no idea what, what would be the city but you can give me you know what that clue is and um just just give us a little bit of a breakdown and and, and a little you know your story like what got you into uh the mode of mindset coaching and all this stuff Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Etchum, for that amazing introduction. And yes, I'll start off by telling you where exactly I am, which is <laughs> Yapas, Mexico. I hadn't heard of it either before I arrived here 12 years ago now. Uh, but it is, you may have heard of Oaxaca. So it's a, a state that borders Oaxaca. It's south of Quintana Roo, where Can Cancun is, and it borders Guatemala. So pretty much as far south as you can get and still be in Mexico, but not Guatemala, <laughs> not wow. really the border down there. So yeah, it's, it's kind of a crazy story how I got here, but um, it's, it's been an amazing journey. Well, listen, uh, I'm sure it has, and it is, it's always good to actually try different things, be in different places. And, you know, uh, life is unique when you have those types of uh, inclinations of discovering and, uh, Again, uh, you're in a very warm place, I'm assuming, because I've been around that area and it's pretty hot, especially in the summer. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but hey, listen, I can take the heat any day as, as, as compared to cold. And I, I'm sure coming from Canada, that may be a challenge, but I don't know how you were able to acclimate, you know, over the years, but I think you did a good job, right? <laughs> how, how was that change, by the way? 
Was that difficult? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it takes you a, a couple years, you know, when you commit to living in a new place that, I mean, lit literally your blood thins when you move to a country that's a lot warmer climate. It's, you know, full on tropics here where I live. It's actually a little bit cooler in this season. This is our wet season, but it's still between oh, 30, yeah. 34 Celsius daily, which is, I I'm, I'm, can't remember what it is. And, you know, like, I don't know what it is. In, it's in, in the 80s and, and, yeah. and it's pretty it's, steady. It's warm, but it, it does get a lot hotter here in the first part of the year. But I, I don't really miss the cold or the the sort of like the battling of winter. Uh, sometimes I miss you know winter skiing and Christmas with snow. But um, yeah, that's that's been like a pleasant shift for me. Um, all of the nature and wildlife all year round. So I did read about, you know, about you in terms of liking skiing and all these activities. And that's something definitely that's, that's changed right now, but, but Hey, you know, it, I'm sure, I'm sure you've, you've acquired different tastes for different activities and so on and so forth. Now, now let's, let's talk a little bit about your journey into wellness and, you know, mindset coaching and all of the core things that you do today and helping a lot of people around the world to, to being better. Uh, maybe without diet, maybe eating correctly, maybe, you know, taking a whole new approach to their life, lifestyle, right? And how they, they take care of themselves. And more specifically, women or men, it doesn't matter. But, but tell us about that whole, you know, uh, journey. So was that something that you've done all the time? Is that something that's new that you just, you know, uh, picked up over the last few years, you know, and then and then let's talk about the core uh, activities and services and also insights that you are going to share with the, the, the actual uh, folks and your clients. Sure. Wonderful. Well, I think my, my experience first in the wellness industry was about 15 years ago when I trained to be a yoga teacher. That was kind of like my introduction to the whole nice. concept of wellness. Um, I studied in university. I have, you know, I have a degree in psychology and international relations and I was headed I thought I wanted to be in the non-for-profit industry and I kind of did that for several years in Toronto and I just wasn't getting the traction that I hoped and I'd like to think that you know everything happens in in divine timing and so I found yoga and I did this teacher training and I was teaching on the side um, but it wasn't until I at 30 came on a birthday trip to Mexico um, to meet my my mom and her husband come or pre-pandemic came every year in March and it just kind of like reawakened this side of me and this you know sense of um being true to myself that I hadn't felt in a long time like I won't get into the long journey of it but there was a lot of things that had happened um in the 10 years previous and I just kind of had lost my footing or that's what I felt. So I went back from that trip telling everyone I'm moving to Mexico when it was right in the middle of the H1N1 pandemic and they thought I was crazy. So, but I, you know, graciously stepped out of my position in the think tank and got certified as an English teacher as sort of like a backup if I couldn't work as a yoga teacher. And that was kind of my plan to do my own, you know, I joke, joke, my own eat, pray, love trip, but I'm on, I'm still on my first stop. And so I'm either still learning Spanish and, and, or still eating. And, um, yeah, so that's, I taught English. And then eventually when I knew I was going to stay, I opened yoga studios here and I really enjoyed that whole journey, but 
by the time I'd had my second child, I knew that that wasn't going to be enough for me, that I needed something that was a little bit more integrated and multifaceted. So I actually was invited by a friend at the time to be her sort of guinea pig client. She was studying to be a health coach. I'd never even heard of what a health coach did before. And needless to say, like three months into working with her, I had signed up to be certified myself. And so I've been a health coach for five plus years now. And it's evolved over time as I've witnessed that most clients, uh, we get sort of past the sort of healthy habit shifts. And in order for it to be sustainable, there really requires uh, work in mindset and potentially even in a shift in their identity so that it becomes a part of who they are and not just something they're kind of practicing or maintaining for a, a short period of time. And that's how full circle I've come to describe myself as a mindset and wellness coach. And I still pretty much bring in all those things in the first layer of, of working with people, but we then build from there. Well, listen, Megan, I mean, that, that's a pretty impressive story and, and really also a leap, you know, of, of, of fate into a whole different world, changing career paths, but doing something you would, you, you love and you enjoy and also something that uh, can bring value to a lot of other folks, right? And so you, you've, you've talked about the fact that being a health coach and also like a mindset, you know, uh, type of wellness uh, approach here. So, so health coach obviously is getting people to be healthy, to be fit, to be well. And of course, I think yoga does help because I think there's a lot of components that come from the yoga world about being mind, you know, really open to your body, to the spiritual realm and everything and really getting in tune with yourself. And I think that's all important to our, to, to having a better health and a better wellness awareness, as I call it. And so, so I know you have different angles about specifically not dieting and also like eating correctly. Uh, also about the, the, the focus on maybe being sober and not really getting to uh, too much alcohol and things like that. Uh, you know, it's part of society. A lot of these activities, and, and again, also like uh, talking about maybe uh, bad habits of eating, such as uh, too much sugar, <laughs> what we put in our body. And, and those are all topics that I think people potentially need to know about, if not must need about. And, and, and really, there are big components of our lifestyles, right? And today's world we live in, these are things that we live with every day. Uh, if you're not having sugar somehow in the food, you're having drinks and, you know, you have an alcohol and you have all, all kinds of things that can be some, sometimes detrimental and not really very, very good to your health overall. So, so you've, you've gone to a system right now and you have, you know, a whole process that you share with people. So, but let's, let's start breaking that down to, to just basically the basic, you know, elements. First is some of the concerns that people typically have that you face and, and some of the, the challenges that people come with when they meet with you as a health coach and their request to change them. Uh, what will those be? I mean, I mentioned a few, and, and maybe you can guide us through all these components, but, but that, that, that would be a good start where we can break down the actual elements. For sure. Well, many clients come to me when they have sort of explored the traditional medical model. They may be like, maybe they're, you know, they've been diagnosed with a few things and, or they have a child that's been diagnosed with something and they're just not satisfied with the answer that they're going to need to be 
for example, on prescription drugs for the rest of their lives, or that, you know, there isn't a better solution than sort of mitigating these other symptoms. And they are open-minded about finding an alternative solution. And so that's basically what I provide. I kind of take, pull them way back and, and we look at all aspects of their lives. It's a really holistic perspective asking them what are they consuming, not only physically, like what are they eating and drinking, but what are they watching? Who are they hanging around? Um, what is, is their career something that really speaks to them? Are they able to find um, greater meaning and purpose in their day to day? And uh, from there, we sort of integrate. It's all about adding in. I really hesitate and avoid restricting people or even sort of planting that mindset that they should be avoiding certain things. I really talk about adding in healthier things, adding in healthier layers and practices. And little by little, you have more awareness about how these things are physically, mentally, and spiritually affecting you, and you make different choices over time which is why when you're working with a coach, it's not a quick fix scenario. You need to minimum commit three months or six months in, a, in order to get some true traction that you feel that these changes become a part of your lifestyle and not some, some boxes that you're ticking off on your, your wellness charts, if you will. Well, yeah, I mean, true. It, it, it takes a lot and, and it's not overnight, definitely. And we're going to talk about the time frame and the journey itself and how long it might take. Obviously, it may vary from one person to the other. But I, if I'm not you know, mistaken, what you're referring to is, in your terms, intuitive type of eating habits uh, and, and you know, changing the mindset really in general and having that optimal wellness with it. So, so, so let's just dive into that. So not changing everything overnight, which is ultimately the right way to do it. Because if you change overnight, people go crazy. You know, they're so used to a certain habit, you know, a certain process. And all of a sudden you're going to say, you got to stop everything. They're just going to say, okay, thank you very much. And they walk away. So your approach is really gradual. You take one step at a time, you start adding things and removing things and gradually, slowly, just basically dissipating all the bad stuff and just keeping the good. And, and I think that is, that is a, a very uh, smooth way to, to gain trust to, to show people the actual value and guide people through their own pace, which is, uh, which probably can get you a much, you know, uh, powerful results if you want to call them that way. So, so that's the first piece. The other piece is the, the mindset, right? Not everybody has the same mindset. And so, yes, uh, people typically may have challenges with their health and wellness. And you're right. People, First step is they go to general medicine or just the basic medicine that they know of, doctor, medicine, this, that, the other. Sometimes that doesn't work and they get into a limbo like, what the hell's going on? They reach out to holistic approaches, thus reaching out to someone that can guide them to it. And that's you. And so, so, so if we have to define the importance of the mindset in this, this equation, how would you um, weigh that? Yeah, well, I think there's a few pieces there. One is that it needs, there needs to be an understanding that whatever got them to where they are today in their current state of health and wellness also didn't happen overnight. So it's probably a buildup of decades or a decade of habits that have got them to this point. So the same thing in terms of the gradual and small changes 
And with that, building that awareness, they become more in tune to or connected to their body and really aware of how things affect their energy. That's another huge topic that I focus on because I think people are just feeling, you know, we tend to rely on these external things for more energy, like coffee, for example. Um, and so a mindset piece in that example is, you know, we, we tend to build, you know, an entire culture and identity, uh, a sense of self around being a coffee drinker. Like, who am I, if I'm not the person that has my whatever coffee beverage in the morning and, and similar, similarly with alcohol. But I think the, to your one point where you said something about eliminating the bad, I think it's also important to have this mindset over time that it's not, ideally you, don't, you come to a place where it's not putting things in good or bad categories. It's just knowing like this type, these types of things make me thrive and I feel better and I'm happy to get up in the morning and I feel amazing and I'm more productive and creative and um, thoughtful and all these, all these positive attributes, if you will. And it's easier to be all those things. And I have more energy to be all those things versus like for sure, 20, 30% of my life, I'm going to do these other things that are quote unquote bad, or just don't make me thrive quite as much. And it's not to say that you shouldn't like that, that that's the same, you know, it's not sustainable to have this mindset that eventually you're going to weed out all the bad because that's not living. You know, there needs to be a balance and what that balance is, is very unique to the individual. So, um, yeah, I think the other mindset piece that often comes into place is being clear on the why, and particularly for women that we're focusing here on feeling better, which ultimately you will look better. But if you start with how you look and then hoping to somehow feel better, I think it's, it's a flawed mindset. If we focus on, you know, feeling better from the inside out, it's a much more sustainable and I would say complete approach that you are building your confidence from the inside out. And, you know, that might have, might include in it some things that are helping you look better physically. But I think if we're being clear and true to ourselves that ultimately we're concerned with our longevity, with being around and present and, you know, not just with our lifespan, but with our health span, you know, I want to be, I'm 42 now, I'm hoping uh, to be around, you know, another 60 years at least. So I can, you know, as, as time moves on, you know, my kids, I had my kids in my late thirties. So if I'm hoping to know my grandchildren on a deeper level, I need to be around a lot longer. And I don't want to be dependent on anyone when I'm in those last 20 years of my life. I want to be, um, still in my health span, if you will. So mm -hmm. all of these things are day-to-day -day decisions that you can, that impact the long-term. But I think it's for most people, it's finding clarity on that deeper why of what, of your optimal, why, why are you interested in being optimally well opposed to just looking great? Well, no, I, actually that, whatever the, the item that you just covered right now about being well for the span of life that you need to, to enjoy certain things in life. That obviously may vary from one person to the other, but really that's also setting up a target, a goal that, that actually 
is a value to you. Therefore, you will do whatever it takes to get there. And you're willing to make the changes. And that's actually where you start really shifting your mindset to uh, what you would refer to as optimal wellness, right? And and in the, in the example that you gave about you want to have, you know, a good health when the grandchildren are around, right? And, and, and that could be for everybody. And some people have kids, you know, earlier, some people have them at a later age, but it doesn't matter. You know, sometimes you might not even be that case. You just want to live a longer and healthier life to your point without any assistance, right? And, and just thrive. And the best way to do this is really to be, to be a full, complete package in terms of your health and awareness of your health. And that's usually a difficult task because, and you're right, there is, there is always going to be some sort of a, a balance with with additives in this case you know maybe some alcohol some other things because that's part of life and everybody gets a little moment where they need to enjoy life and you know you'll cheat some right but but really the idea is the full the full package right you don't want to just to have one consistent you know version versus the other you want to have a balance and and you help people through that process now is there any like a specific formula that you use, like a step one to step six to step 10, or is it just basically one by one, one-on-one case, and you determine exactly what would work? Because I mean, sometimes there are standard, you know, process, processes or procedures, but there's also uh, different angles that you use with different people. Uh, do you use both styles? Do you use a combination of both? Is it a particular format that you have with people? Let's say if I were, you know, to be your client today, would you put me through a particular step process or it would be up to me to engage with you in a particular way? Well, I definitely have a system. I have six pillars of wellness that I always uh, focus on. And uh, the six pillars are consistent quality sleep, connection, community, and relationships, some sort of movement in your life, ideally daily, doesn't have to be long, clean and intuitive plant-based eating, mindful or spiritual practice, and an outlet for joy and creativity. So where we bring in each of those pieces really depends on where you're at. So in that sense, it's not like a one to 10 kind of thing. It's, it's personalized to pull out and highlight what the person is already really doing well and build on that. And then gradually bring in the pieces that are missing when they feel a lot more solid in the things that they're already doing well. Actually, that that's pretty. You hit it right on the money because because those are the that's exactly what I was looking for. Is that you have an actual conceptually, you know, workable, you know, and easy, you know, process that you already have in place. The difference is how do I engage with that process as your client and how do I respond to it? But 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 each one of those will determine a certain path, will determine a certain outcome, and certainly will impact the next step and the next step. So if you don't mind, Megan, can we maybe break it down like one piece at a time and what 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 is the 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 the, the process for each one of them? So these are the pillars. And let's define those pillars and what their, their I guess, uh, attribute and what will be their final uh, objective. Sure. Well, I think quality sleep is kind of like an underrated, not so fun, not so sexy thing to talk about, but it is really our number one tool uh, to manage stress and to um, avoid aging, uh, just really to feel better and start your day high vibe, high energy. And I usually start by asking people what is their morning routine and what is their bedtime routine, if any, look like? Because, you know, we seem to be very comfortable with the idea that kids need a bedtime routine, but then we kind of forget about that as adults. And it's just as important that we have some sort of power down, as I like to call it, 
um, time for ourselves. And it can be, you know, I usually start with, you know, 30 minutes before bed, you're turning off your phone. So you're not checking emails, you're not needing the news, you're not, you're not, nothing's going in your consciousness that can sort of interrupt your possibility of getting complete rest and restore sleep. And from there, everything else really, there's this like beautiful um, synchrony and cycle that it's all self-fulfilling prophecy, if you will. So when you start eating better, you tend to get better digestion, which helps you sleep better. Um, you have more energy. So you have more motivation to do a little movement or some sort of practice throughout the day that gets your body moving. And um, same for all this other, these other practices that I put in place. But so I think sleep is key. And for most people, it's just a factor of doing some little practice before bed that it's really marketed for them that, okay, now it's time to just chill. Um, ideally, there aren't too many electronics in the bedroom. Ideally, you have, um, you know, like can be something as simple as giving yourself a little foot massage, or maybe there's lots of apps. If you insist on having some sort of tech involved, there are apps that have adult bedtime stories. Um, but it's really important to have this kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for that your bedroom is like really this protected space for rest and you leave out all of the distractions and stress things. So you don't bring your computer into the bedroom, you know, you don't have any papers that you need to address. It's just Zen zone, if you will. And once, sorry, did you want no, to- no. Well, I was gonna just, you know, say, I, please continue, but the, the sleep factor, you know, as, as little as it sounds like, you know, it's not a factor that people rely, realize these days, it has a big deal. And I think, you know, you're taking all the steps necessary to change that mindset for people so they can become better aware of their sleep patterns and, and do better with it. But a lot of people today in, in, in the modern world with the technology, as you said, half hour, you need to remove those things. It's almost like becoming rare now that you don't walk into your room with a phone and, or a computer and, and, or at least a TV set. Cause I mean, I remember when I was a kid, TVs were something that you have in the living room. That's it. Now everybody may have a TV in their room room no one is really disconnected and if not a tv it's a computer a tablet something it has become part of our society and and really taking it's, it's an addiction as a matter of fact there was a post this morning i was reading an article it's about the different addictions and that's one of them and and it's become a problem because it impacts your 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 health and we don't realize that you you, you stated about how we are aware about kids when we have kids a lot of people that may not have kids don't even see it that way. And so in themselves, they're not going to take care of the way that they're held the way they should because they're not aware. And whether they have kids or not, it's the same thing. Because sometimes to your point, we can say to our kids, you need to sleep early, but we went, we went up staying late because we're, we're, we're hooked up with our own stuff, right? So, so I didn't mean to cut you off, but really I, I was, as soon as you said, you know, the, the sleep pattern, like I have been talking to a lot of people recently and sleep has been a topic as literally like, you know, the topic that people sometimes undermine to a degree that we don't even think that sleep is part of health. And uh, it has been a challenge because of the way the technology, the way we are connected. Uh, I, I had a discussion the other day where 20 years ago, a little just before the internet and all the stuff, uh, you would go to the office, for example, finish work at five o'clock and you clock out and that's it. You don't even know about anything that is a technology until the next morning at nine o'clock again. 
that is almost, a, you know, a thing in the past now. Even if you don't have work, you're doing something, and you're probably going to do it to the last minute. You know, you sleep. I mean, I give you, it's a joke, but my kids will sleep literally with their phone in front of them. You know, I wake up, I go to the room, and I'm like, what the hell? They, they're literally in top of, on top of their either tablet or phone, which is ridiculous. And, and it's so sad that some of their friends are literally watching each other sleeping. <laughs> it is it is crazy so so again i i wanted just to share that that little uh, you know uh uh joke there but it's 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 a reality that we live in and it, it's really crazy because we need to be aware that that's a problem we need to be aware that we need to make that change we need to be aware that you know sleep is as important as your healthy eating habits and anything else and we'll talk about those other pillars but you're bringing this to the the topic as a step as an important piece and you said it after that everything else starts rolling nicely but it starts somewhere and 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 we don't really emphasize enough and that's that in, in a lot of places today in health nobody's not like you know well you get enough sleep uh you know and what is enough sleep that's the other thing people think is it 12 hours is it seven hours is it five hours some people say i, I i'm good i got four hours in i'm good <laughs> what will you tell them right <laughs> so so i just wanted to to cover that little bit of angle and give you a little bit of my feedback on it but so so you start with that and what is the response when you talk to people about sleep, especially if they're not really uh, used to a nice format of sleep, do you get any resistance to it? Do you feel that people are more, uh, you know, willing to make a change uh, when it comes to those habits? Well, I mean, to give you a, a good example here of, you know, I wouldn't go and say, okay, well, stop looking at your email, you know, stop, take the telephone, uh, tele television out of your bedroom. Like those are huge shifts for people. Instead, I would start with, Let's just try and if you're watching TV before bed, let's try and watch something that is not fear-based, that there's no violence, you know, like friends or, you know, a, an innocent comedy that nothing's going to have like a weird subconscious plantation into your dreams that, you know, takes it off in a whole other, a whole other angle your evening. And people are just surprised going to your point, your question about resistance. They're surprised about like a tiny shift like that to stop watching the evening news, for example, and instead watch a comedy is very dramatic. In seven or 14 days, they feel like a whole other person because they're sleeping better. And to answer your question, you know, I think eight is the average um, amount of hours that we ideally need as an adult. You know, I think people can survive on six, but that's not thriving. So thriving is eight hours. And another really important key here, here is going to bed around the same time. And again, as adults, we don't tend to prioritize that. So kind of having you know, we tend to, at the very least, have a very dramatic shift in weekday versus weekend bedtimes, and it really throws your sleep cycle off. Oh, no, that that's big time. As a matter of fact, uh, not only weekends versus weekdays, like summertime, for example, especially for kids, you know, they're off school. Now they want to hang out a little bit longer and they stay up a little bit longer. And now all of a sudden school comes and they have to wake up early, sleep. It is it is a pain to, to re like, to your point, it has to be a system where we all kind of agree on eventually that, you know, there's a point where you just have to shut down everything, turn off the lights, just go to sleep, wake up early, wake up early. You know, you can resume early life, but, but at least get the sleep that you need. Uh, it also like, it builds energy. I mean, I know from when I get, and by the way, that's another thing I wanted to just point out is sleep to me, 
there's nothing better than sleep at night versus sleep at day. So even some, some people, unfortunately, have to work late shifts or night shifts. Their sleep patterns, you know, and their, their health may not be the same because the way the sleep during the day versus the night, I think there's a big difference. I'm not sure if scientifically there is there is any factors that they can adapt that you can maybe share with us. But I, I know for a fact, if I can, if I don't sleep overnight and I have to catch up during the day, I wake up with headaches. I'm not really rested. I'm still kind of like, you know, groggy and stuff. It's not the same as getting a nice full night's sleep, as you said, at least eight hours nicely in a dark <laughs> and, 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 and pure night with, with, a, with a quiet world. So, so anything you want to add to that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's essential that we understand that we are, at the end of the day, animals, and we function on a circadian rhythm, and we need to be in tune with the sun, which is why a great morning routine that actually helps to get a better night's sleep is to wake up and salute the sun, if you will, or high five the sun, <laughs> and, and just literally let the sun um, directly into your eyes. We can, in the early morning, you can do that. And it resets your melatonin for the day. And it puts you kind of back right at when you should be. It'll make you help get you sleepy around the time that the sun's going down or a couple of hours after. And um, I don't know, there's a lot, so many points, like we could talk, do a whole podcast on sleep. I mean, I think one important thing is to understand that there are different ideal sleep times genetically like there are at least three groups because if you can think back to um you know when we were in tribes if you will it doesn't really make sense that the entire tribe would sleep in the same eight hour period so there are some people that are designed that are early risers and i'm an i'm a morning person and there are night owls however and there's another sort of in-between group and it's more the 30 percent of the population that are in this in-between group that tend to become night owls when in fact they could sort of be a little bit more moderated so it is important to understand that not everyone was designed to wake up and be part of the 5 a.m club but also i think it's really important your point about and i I don't want to misreference it. It's either Sweden or Denmark has recently had a huge payout. The government had a huge payout because they have this proven that night shift work is actually a known carcinogen. So they had thousands upon thousands of women that were doing night shift work and a huge surge in breast cancer. And they proved the connection and all of those women have received payouts. But, um, I mean, there's just so many things that are so many systems that are not being optimized. If you're not getting consistent REM, really like every single aspect of the sleep cycle, there are four um, non-REM sleep cycle and then the REM, all of them have their purpose. All of them are doing things in the body to basically, you know, maintain you healthy. And if you're not getting sort of the deeper levels of sleep and the consistency you're it's kind of like you're not doing the more deeper maintenance if you're thinking of your body as a house you know like you're just barely tidying up every day and you're not repairing the window or like getting a repaint job or like the things that you kind of do every once in a while to keep the structure solid and um those things have built up over time so i think it's it's definitely if not the number one, I don't know, it's so hard to say number one, I think, you know, what we're, what we're eating is, is really key as well. Um, but I feel I, I often enter with the sleep thing because 
you know, people think sleep is relaxing and, you know, oh, I have to get more sleep and I might, you know, I might lose weight and I'll have more energy and I'll have more interest in working out and like all these things. It's, it's kind of a nice place to start. No, no. Well, listen, I, again, I, I know we spend a little time on the sleep point, but, but because I don't think people have talked enough about it. And, you know, it's always when I get a chance to, to just discover it further and share, I think it's always good because again, it is a big part of our life. And as a matter of fact, I mean, it's one third of our life if you think about it. <laughs> so, so, so it is, it is a big deal, right? <laughs> um, but so, so let's, let's, let's guide that to the next pillars, the next, you know, systems or the next procedures that you take uh, to get to that optimum wellness. And in, in, I guess in that discussion, we can throw in, I know you mentioned something about the rhythm or biorhythm. Uh, maybe we can even enhance the, the discussion about that. Sure. So I think from there, I usually jump to, and, and usually it's kind of a, in the first session, we're talking about sleep and we're talking about what are you consuming? What are you eating in a weekly scenario? And most people, and I, I often start with a, a food diary because people have very convenient memories about what they're consuming on a day-to-day -day basis or a weekly basis. And even when they're forced, it's like the whole Hawthorne effect. If they're forced to write it down and like see on paper, every single thing that they're putting in their mouths, they're usually a bit better behaved just with doing the diary. But um, it's often very enlightening for people because what I'm trying to get at is the, that they have a better understanding of when I eat this, what do I feel 15 minutes later, an hour later, the following day, and is it worth it, right? So little by little, they have a greater understanding of, you know, is it is it gluten? Is it dairy? Is it just fried food is what is it that just like slows down my whole system, uh, makes it harder for me to sleep, makes me groggy in the morning, like all these things, sugar, obviously a huge one. Um, and as I mentioned before, I just start with, okay, what, so the, the having more awareness about our relationship with food, how is it affecting us mentally, physically? And I mean, uh, way down the rabbit hole, we talk spiritually, but uh, in it, in the beginning, it's it's more about, okay, what can we add in that's like not throwing off your whole day, your whole game? You're like, you know, what, how is your life structured? What can we do to make it uh, a little bit more rich in, in fruits and vegetables without you feeling like it's a completely different lifestyle? So things like carrying a green apple with you as your go-to snack instead of, you know, grabbing a, a fast food, whatever alternative. Um in the morning, trying to incorporate some sort of fresh fruit and vegetables and whatever you're already doing. So if you're having oatmeal, having fresh berries on your oatmeal, if you're having toast, maybe just squish fresh berries instead of having some sort of processed jam. There's like so many little fixes that people can do that it's not like, okay, just to disregard everything you've been doing for the last 10 years and start over. No, it's okay. What do you like? What are you doing? And let's make, let, let's, find some healthy alternatives that are not too complex that you're just going to drop after a while because it's too, um, too much. So I guess that's the, the clean, intuitive plant-based eating. And the intuitive part is, is so key that ultimately the person after working with me feels that they're very confident in knowing exactly what it is they should be eating because really we're the only animal on the planet that has a multi-billion dollar industry that telling us what to eat you know we know what to eat we've just been so distracted and sort of 
you know, our palate has been distracted by sugar and salt and fats and all these things that if we need to kind of like strip back a few layers before we get to a point where it's like, oh yeah, I really am craving a salad. Like maybe I want some peaches and some bacon on my spinach salad, but on some level I'm craving spinach, you know? So it's, <laughs> it's this, um, it's this gradual process, but ultimately it becomes so easy for people that they don't think of it as a, a, you know, a thing they're doing. It's just what their new, their new lifestyle is. Um, well, th that's a lot of stuff to ask from people, but I think we talked about mindset. Also, we have to, to talk about the power of the, the willpower to do it and also the patience because you have to commit to, to, to this. It's not something you do overnight. And it's certainly something that you have to adjust and, and, and accept the adjustment because you, you said it, like we used to sugar stuff and salty snacks and, and, and converting, you know, your mindset to, to really like craving, as you said, spinach and, and an apple, things like that, that might take a moment, but if a person is not willing, obviously if they're not willing, they might not even be seeking the help, which typically is the case. People think that I got this, I don't need anybody's help. And, you know, uh, before they, they, they know it, they, they know that they have issues. They just can't figure out why. That's because they're not willing to, to seek the help or to take the necessary steps and, and the commitment that they need and require. And I, I think that's a big deal across all, 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 all of us out there. You know, we, we, have, we tend to have, and I've seen this uh, as, as a practice in the fitness world. Same, similarly, people have a challenge because, you know, they want something, they want results, but they don't want to put the time and the energy and the effort and the sacrifice. And I think those are usually big deals and um, key components that you need to have. Now, now that leads me right into the discussion is we talked about the sleep. We talked about the, the eating uh, plant-based and healthy stuff and converting. Now, what about, you know, any regimen of fitness, uh, you know, uh, exercise or some sort of an activity that complements that? Uh, is there any component that you use in there? For sure. But I tend to attract people that think they hate exercise. Right. So that's why I use the word movement. And so like maybe they, they know me more for like the yoga world, if you will. Um, but I, per I per personally, I, you know, I love running. Uh, I love working out. I still do practice yoga, but I really believe that fitness needs to be fun and it needs to be, um, something that you're looking forward to and not something that you're checking off your to-do list. Having said that, there's something about developing a discipline and an appreciation of a practice of showing up for yourself, even on those days, you don't really feel like doing it. Um, and so there, I, I always talk about, you know, like just, just promise yourself five minutes. And usually by the time you know, like a little hack I do is every single day I get up and I put on my workout clothes and I then go and meditate. I do a bunch of other things before I actually work out, but I'm already in my workout clothes. So, and I, and I didn't, there was no, uh, there's no decision-making in the morning about what am I putting on? It's just, I'm putting on my running shoes. And so I think little things like that, where people get used to the idea very gradually if they're resistant to the concept of exercise, um, I always start with the idea of, you know, take a walk out of nature and make it fun by listening to a podcast that you love or listening to music or walking meditation um, or join a basketball team or something else where there's like a community aspect. 
maybe take a dance class, something that you kind of feel silly wanting to, to learn, but you, you know, there's movement involved and, you know, maybe it's not the best workout of your life or anything, but you're, you're, people need to start somewhere. And I think if it's fun and there's sort of a permission slip that you can just do it for five to 15 minutes, and then you tend to do it for 30 or 60, it, it really helps people get started. And I'm also not in the school of, you know, it needs to be five days a week or anything. Again, I start usually, oftentimes I'm working with people that don't have any sort of daily movement routine. And so I think it's important that they start with what they think is impossible that they can't say no to. So for example, 15 minutes, three days a week, or, um, you know, hopefully they'll work up to a daily scenario and, get to the point where again, intuitively they know when their body is craving that movement and that's the best stress relief for them. Oh, uh, listen, I mean, you, you, I have to say this, and first of all, thank you for doing all this good work because uh, you're helping lives and you are saving lives at the same time and you are helping people, you know, be better. And, and that is always something to thank, you know, for. And uh, again, uh, while these are clients and our people that you're helping, I mean, it doesn't matter. You, know, you are available to them and you are a resource that can, can make a difference in people's lives. And, and not only their lives, because their lives also may be impacting other people around them because it's their family, their kids, their parents, whoever is in their, their, their spouses, significant others, it's always going to impact the rest of even your colleagues at work. Sometimes what happens in you, you know, in your body and how you, you live your life can affect other people around you. And so, so the work that you're doing is, is tremendous. And I think, you know, uh, I just wanted to, to, to highlight that and, 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 and just make sure that people realize that people do this. Yes, they might do this in business as part of their career, but whatever, but they're, they still choose this because there is a, a, an, there's an outcome. There's a, a reward at the end, which is you're helping people. You're doing something you love, but you're helping other people to be better. And that there's nothing that can take that credit away. <laughs> so, you know, it's just a credit, you know, to have and, and folks out there, you know, um, there is, there, there, there's a lot, there's a lot of ways for you to be healthier mind, body, and spirit. And, and speaking of spirit, I know you said, you know, I'm not, we might go into down deeper down the, the rabbit hole and talk about spirituality. I may not, we might not want to go to that route, but, but, but let's talk about spirituality and energy. I mean, energy as part of, you know, sustainable energy, keeping or having the right energy, you know, and, and aura, if you want to call it that way. Uh, is there, I know from the yoga perspective, you have some of that. And uh, so how do you apply that to help also people? Because I think there is something about energy besides just, you know, the food and everything we do. There's something about it. Uh, anything that's specific you want to share with us or, you know, at least uh, that you practice or use? Sure. Well, sort of circling back to one of your, and if you want, we can still get back to biorhythms, which I forgot to go into, but circling back to your question about mindset, like I think an element is that that is energy talking about energy as a way to view your life. And, you know, basically as from a small age, we're socialized to pay attention to our five senses and we're not socialized to pay attention to energy and energy is always around us and you pick up energy from other people this is why kids always know like if there's tension in the house even if nothing's been directly said to them right so it's understanding how you are picking up other people's energy but also how are you um projecting your own energy maybe on other people and so i think 
a beautiful part of the mindset work is helping people understand that they can decide to embody a different kind of energy. They can shift their state, which I know as, as a fitness expert, you know, this, you know, like you literally feel uh, a different level of energy, a different state of being a different emotional state after a good workout. And anybody can get that kind of shift in perspective, in, in optimism, in, and really it's, it's a choice to move yourself into that state every day versus sort of like, marinating in the negativity or the fear-based mindset or the scarcity focusing on what you don't have what's not working out when you shift into an abundant mindset you are really empowering yourself to focus on what is working what do i have you know having some sort of gratitude and just can be as simple as thinking on a daily basis like really consciously appreciating what you do have and all of that makes it easier to embody a whole other level of energy which shows up in like feeling more energetic on the sense that i think everyone can can understand having more energy to do the things you want to do but also in your relationships in your interaction with other people and and the kind of vibe you're giving off because it's much more powerful than we tend to be aware of and it's also something you can develop a greater awareness of for yourself and then also how you interact with others Oh, listen, you, you said it well, <laughs> you covered it all. I have no, I mean, I, I think, I think you've covered the, 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 the core of what that energy is. Um, and, and of course we can talk spirituality. That's a whole different topic uh, and it and changes the dynamics. And again, there are different beliefs and different ways of, uh, you know, angling it, but, but you're right. I mean, it, this whole concept of optimal health and wellness has to do with all these factors and 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 pretty much these are the factors because if we add them up that's what makes how we we interact how we live our lives and how we interact with everybody and how we impact everybody around us and also ourselves and, and that's that's the, the 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 core of it and and you've taken all the measures you've been taking this to the next step and uh, you know, as I said, I mean, that's a great work that you do. And anyone that does similar work to me, I appreciate everything that you guys do. And people should, you know, seek uh, the help when they have and they need it. And one of the reasons we do these these shows is to actually deliver some of this content, some of these resources, some of these valuable insights and, and, and access to, to people such as yourself uh, so they can hopefully be living a better life, uh, you know, healthier life, uh, a different mindset, better positive energy, all those things. And, and certainly that impact is, is priceless. So, so uh, we're coming out to the end of the show, but, but is there anything specific that you want to just uh, compliment, you know, the discussion with you or like, you know, give people as a, as a piece of advice before we get into like how people can reach out to you and, and, and your services? Sure. Well, I think it's so important that people understand that it's worth starting in a very small way today because the cumulative effect is much more powerful than most of us understand. Literally, if you just improve your life by 1% a day, that's 15%, 15 minutes of your day, you're going to be 36% better by the end of the year versus the opposite. You know, if you get a little bit worse every day or get a little bit lazier 15 minutes a day, you're going to have the opposite effect. So it's really powerful to just make one small shift and start today with doing something that is working towards better health 
and wellness. It can be in the spectrum of a mindful practice, moving your body, eating better, cooking an amazing meal, uh, calling a friend that you haven't talked to in a long time, reconnecting, and um, yeah, maybe going to bed 15 minutes earlier to get a better night's sleep. Well, thank you for that advice, Megan. And so with that, uh, how can people reach out to you? Um, and, uh, you know, what are some of the resources they might have access to? Uh, I will have the description of, of your, uh, I guess, connection, your website and all the information on the description of the show. But if you don't mind just sharing that with us, you know, so if people are listening, they can literally just Google it up if they want to. Sure. Well, you can go to my website, which is just Megan Swan Wellness, or you can check out my podcast, which is called Energetically You. And I am about to launch uh, the second run of my program called Align and Shine. It's a great opportunity to work with me both one-on-one and in a group setting. We have it is a 12-week intensive to a whole new you. It is uh, designed for women who are looking for clarity and uh, a deeper sense of empowerment and confidence in whatever they on some deep level know that next project they want to do and or finish and they just need a little boost for that so the there's weekly guest experts from all sorts of um in terms of mindset movement practices and uh, also just general wellness things and then we have a monthly group call and then they would have two calls a month with me so we work more on a personal level going deeper on whatever aspect of the entire container they're really finding is resonating with them in that moment and that program you can find on my website it's meganswanwellness.com backslash align and shine excellent thanks megan so so question uh, I'm assuming anybody from all over the world listening to this can can reach out. I mean, it's it's online, it's uh, remote, you know, uh, webinars types, and so so this is not something that have to be local. They can be from all over parts of the world. They can still benefit from this, correct? Definitely, it's global. There will be a global community of like-minded women, and it is all online, virtual. Very nice. Well, there you have it. I mean, you can't beat that, right? There are people before like, oh, I can't reach. I can't have this access. You know, it's too far. Now everything is actually, you know, easy. I mean, we're talking, you're in Mexico, I'm in the US, so it's easy, right? So, so it's an excellent resource. You know, the program seems to be very, very uh, well-rounded and definitely going to be beneficial. So please seek out the information, check out the, uh, the website on the description of the show. Uh, Megan Swan with us today with some real insights on, on how to stay healthy and have and reach optimal uh, wellness and, and really shift your mindset to it. Uh, with that being said, the Hurricane H here. Thank you for being on the show, listening on iHealth Radio, watching the FinFab channel and the uh, Health channel, uh, the iHealth channel, rather. And so, Megan, thank you for, for, for being a, a terrific guest. Thank you very much for all the information. Oh, thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Folks, we'll talk tomorrow. New show, new guest, new topic. Stay tuned. Bye-bye.